All right. Are you ready to get right into the word of the Lord this morning? Four of you are, so that's good. We're going to be continuing from Romans chapter 12 on the topic of transformational thinking and how this transformation, uh, change in the way we think brings about the transformation in our hearts, in our lives, that God is uh, working together with us in this process that we are in. So it's important that you continue on this. This is not a topic that you can go to a conference and hear about it and say, okay, I can check that off. I heard that message. I know what Romans 12, uh, 2 is all about. And I'm not to be conformed to this world, but I'm to change the way I think, and I can just go on living my life now. No, it's a, it's a daily basis. As a matter of fact, it's moment by moment throughout the day that we need to keep bringing our thoughts into captivity. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the church at Corinth, talked about the importance of a of using our, the weapons of our warfare. And he said, you know, that, that we are to pull down the strongholds, pull down every argument that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. And I don't think I'm the only one in here that's ever had an argument in my mind against the knowledge of God, against the knowledge of Christ, because you know, when you're reading God's word, you're purposing to obey the Holy Spirit. Being led by the Holy Spirit, many times he'll be leading, guiding, and directing in a way that seems to, uh, uh, it's, a, it's in conflict with the natural mind. But we also know that the natural mind can't comprehend the things of the Spirit, and God's ways are much higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Even though he wants to reveal his way to us, we still have this uh, limit due to our natural mind. So as we engage in the process of uh, changing the way we think, that's partnering with God so that he can do the transformational work in us. It's be transformed. Be transformed. And never in the word are we told to transform ourselves. It's not something we can do in and of ourselves. It's definitely a, a process that requires that. Uh, it requires a commitment to the work of the Holy Spirit within us. In Ephesians, we're told that we're to allow the Holy Spirit to renew our thoughts and our attitudes. And it also requires a, a development of listening skills, listening to Christ's wisdom moment by moment. Everyone say moment by moment. It's talking about being present. Being present, you know, just being present where, where you are at the moment is a piece of work in and of itself. Just, just, just to be present with what's going on, observing, you know, at the moment what's happening, what's being said, what's, what's, what's going on around me that I'm not thinking down the road, I'm not thinking tomorrow, I'm not thinking dinner tonight, I'm not thinking, I'm, I'm present at this very moment. And Holy Spirit, what are you speaking? How are you leading? Uh, what's your wisdom in this particular situation and circumstance? So... So it requires a commitment to the work of the Holy Spirit, learning to listen to Christ's wisdom moment by moment in every situation rather than relying on our own thoughts, our own experiences. And so we'll continue to stay engaged in this process and allow God to bring about the transforming work. So in Romans chapter 12, I want to read verse 2 where it says, Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Changing the way you think. You have that opportunity. Matter of fact, you came into the kingdom by changing the way you think. The word repent means a change of mind. You changed your mind. You, you made a decision to follow Jesus, to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So we continue to do that as he's leading, guiding, and directing us. We continue to allow his wisdom, his grace, 
his righteousness to bring about the proper thought processes in our life. So don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Good, pleasing, and perfect. Now, I want to continue on in Romans 12. Uh, beginning at verse 3. So just follow with me here for a few moments because we're going to be uh, talking about the application of changing the way we think, an application of transformational thinking at a, at a very livable level, at, at a very uh, practical level as to where we live, how we function together as the body of Christ. And because that's really what it's all about. You know, if, it, if it's not applicable, then, you know, then I really question, the, you know, the validity of it. If what you're hearing from the scriptures, if what's being taught, if it doesn't have a practical application to it, how does it apply to me? How does it apply to the body of Christ at large? How does it apply to the development of God's kingdom on the earth? How does it manifest his will be done on earth as it is in heaven? If it, if it doesn't fit any of that criteria, then it's probably not really anything that's beneficial to you. It may be some good intellectual knowledge, but you know we're not interested in, in that perspective when, when we're talking about our spiritual development and having our change in the way we think. Intellectual knowledge obviously is a good thing. We're thankful for it. But I'm talking about something that's uh, even on a higher level than that. So in verse 3, that's because, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Everyone say, I've been warned. If you're watching online, you've been warned. That doesn't mean you should turn it off. That means you should stay tuned. Remember, be present. But you've been warned. You have been warned. What I say today is applicable to your life. It will cause some discomfort. It will challenge you, and, but it will be good for you. And it'll be good for the kingdom at large. So you've been warned. And here's the warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. We're talking about a different way of thinking. That's a good place to start right there. Well, gee, Lord, how would you have me think different? Uh, how about don't think you're better than you are? That's a good place. Everyone agree with that? Okay, we got a few more agreements on that one. So don't think you, you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measure yourselves by the faith God has given you. Just, and we're going to continue to read through these next couple of verses. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In this grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. I like that. Different gifts for doing certain things well. There's things I do well, and there's things I don't, do not do as well as you do. Other people do things well that I don't do well, but together we can do all things well. And when I stay in my lane and you stay in your lane and we all honor and respect one another, all things are being done well. Excellence brings glory to God. Amen. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Do it gladly. 
And in verse 9, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Really love them. So don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Then in verse 16, it says, don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think that you know it all. Amen. You're dismissed. I think you have enough to work on for the rest of your life. <laughs> the rest of our lives. So think, the word think there means to have a particular mindset. To have a particular mindset. The Apostle Paul is instructing us that there's a particular mindset that we as born-again children need to be developing. It's not just think any way you want. You know, if I just say think, well, you can think one thing, you can think another thing. But he's really bringing us into a place where we are to have a particular mindset. And then verses 3 through 8 instruct us or remind us that, that we are, that the reason for this particular mindset is that we are to live out our transformed lives, our transformed existence in community, not in isolation. And central to community life is a fair and sober estimate of ourselves. A fair and a sober estimate of ourselves. In 1 Peter 1.3, we're instructed to think clearly. The King James says to think that to be sober. So think clearly or be sober in your thought life and exercise self-control. So we are to think of ourselves with, with a sober, accurate thinking, a particular mindset about who we are as Christians in Christ Jesus with transform, where the transformed minds free us from self-centeredness. They free us from a self-centeredness. So we want to be free from that. Our Western rugged culture that we grew up in and experienced here, where we're living here in the United States, the individualistic uh, tradition, you know, it can really create a problem for us when it comes to really having a particular mindset uh, in the area of community, in the area of community. And so uh, the, the Lone Ranger attitude can easily prevail in our hearts and in our minds, in our actions, we have a tendency to withdraw from community, a reluctance to engage in community. And the reality is, reality is, and the, and the proper way of thinking is, is that we need to embrace the reality that we need our faith community. We need one another. We need the local church. The local church is God's idea. We need to be together as the body of Christ as the body of Christ. Now, if you all just excuse me just for a moment, because you're here, I want to talk to our online audience this morning. Online is wonderful, but by itself, it is not a faith community. There's a lot of people watching and listening to the same message, but that does not make it community. We thank God for it. We're thankful for it. We're thankful that you're joining us today and you join us on a regular basis. We're thankful for the people we're reaching that we otherwise could not reach, but it is not to take place of interaction with the community of the body of Christ. Now, I know there's limitations to why some people are not here 
and why you are watching online, and that's exactly why we are online. But there's other ways to be engaged in community other than within the four walls of the church building. You can get involved in small group. You can get involved in other activities within your community. But stay connected. You need to take, you need to take the extra steps to make sure you stay connected to the body of Christ and, 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 and be creative in that and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, and to direct you in that. But it's of utmost importance that you stay engaged with the body of Christ and you don't become a lone ranger because we, have, we all have certain gifts and talents that God has given us and we are it's incumbent upon us that we discover God's grace gift that he's given me in the kingdom of God and that I exercise that, great, that grace gift and I make use of that grace, grace gift and I, I, I contribute that to the local church or to the community and, I'm in, and that I remain involved in kingdom building. I'm interested in the will of God being done on earth as it is in heaven. And the, and the primary expression of that is, is through the body of Christ. And the local church is a place where the body of Christ comes together to be encouraged, to be edified, to build up. And then we go out and we continue to, to share the good news of the gospel. Amen. amen. Praise God. Thank you for the great amen I hear coming from our online audience. I know you appreciate that. We appreciate you. We love you and continue to stay tuned. And, and the blessings of the Lord will be with you and he'll continue to lead you and guide you in creative ways that you can stay connected. So we need our faith community. We need our local church. And like I said, not being connected to the, to the local church is not what God has intended for us. And the reason being is in verses uh, 3 through 8, which we read just a moment ago, I see two reasons in here as to, as to why being isolated is not working for us. Being a lone ranger is not working because God has called us into community. And the first reason is that the, the implication between verse 2, where it says that we are not to, to, we're not to behave like the world, but we are to be uh, uh, transformed by changing the way we think. So the implication between verse 2 and verses 3 through 8 is that I cannot fully change the way I think without the, act, without the active assistance of other believers. Iron sharpens iron. And when iron is sharpening irons, there's conflict. Sparks are flying. You ever sharpen your lawnmower blade? You ever sharpen a knife on a grindstone? You know, it, it, it causes friction and sparks are flying. But in the body of Christ, for some reason, as soon as there's friction and as soon as sparks begin to fly, we want to we, we, we pull away from it. Well, the lawnmower blade will never be sharpened if you put it to the grindstone and then quickly pull it back to, oh, 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 oh man, you see all those sparks flying? I don't want anything to do with that. I want nothing to do with that. And then you go through the rest of your life just being dull. <laughs> Very dull. Let the sparks fly. Stay engaged. Work through it. Develop a proper mindset. How would Christ work through this? How would Christ resolve this? Invite the Holy Spirit into it, but keep that blade to the grindstone until it's as sharp as it needs to be. And you stay with it until you are as sharp as you need to be. The Holy Spirit wants you to be the sharpest pencil in the box. Amen. 
Some of you are sitting here thinking, oh, I'm just going to stay home next week. He's really getting it. That doesn't work either. You just heard me challenge the online audience. <laughs> See, we're all one. We want to bring everybody together. And so iron sharpens iron. And in verse 16, it says, don't be too proud. Don't be too proud and don't think you know it all. That's why we need community. We need one another. And, 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 and here's the reality. I cannot see my own blind spots. You can't see your own blind spots. See, we think we do, but we don't. And we really don't like people pointing out our blind spots. You know, you drive these new cars, they have the, they have the blind spot beeper going off. It's like, beep, beep, beep. It's like... Just leave me alone. I know how to drive. I'm in my lane. You don't need to remind me. Well, it's just simply telling me there's something going in my, on in my blind spot. And, it, you know, I, I, I'm acclimated to it now. But when I first had that, it's like, it like bothered me. I wanted to like, can I disconnect this? Constantly reminding me what's going on in my blind spot. But, you know, we need something. We need other people reminding us of what's going in, on in our blind spot. And, and, and we need, I need that. You need that. But I don't need someone that I'm not even in relationship with, don't even have fellowship with, pointing out my, my blind spots. When someone that I know loves me, I'm in community together with that person or those persons, and they're pointing out my blind spots... I still don't like it, <laughs> just being honest. I'm just thinking they're blind, they don't see it correctly. But anyway, <laughs> I need it. I don't like it, but I need it. And I know you don't like it either, but you need it. So let's not be too proud. Let's not think that we know it all. Let's just let other people um, that we're in community with, in relationship with, point out those blind spots. And the, the, the goal is just to bring us into a, a, a certain way of thinking, and that is a biblical way of thinking, into a Christ-like way of thinking. So I cannot see my own blind spot. And uh, it basically, it's pride is the culprit here. Many times pride is, is the main culprit as to why we don't want to receive instruction, why do we don't want to receive criticism, constructive criticism, but humility is the antidote for pride. So just go to the word of the Lord and just continue to submit yourself to, the, to God, commit yourself to the Holy Spirit, and just you know, develop a new way of thinking. And a, and a great way, a great, having a certain mindset is a mindset of humility. I am teachable. I don't know it all. I'm not always right. Most of the time, but not always. <laughs> but to really develop an attitude of humility and really be open to allow the Holy Spirit to challenge any faulty thinking processes that are going on. And when those faulty thinking processes are going on and they are revealed to me, I'm quick to bring them into the captivity, to bring them into the obedience of the Lordship of Jesus Christ, bringing every argument that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. You find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, 3, 4, and 5. Bring every thought into the obedience of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You do it. I need to do it. And you need to be doing it.
So the two reasons why we need community, why we need one another, why we need to have this certain way of thinking, realizing we need one another, we need to stay connected to one another. And the first one there, as I said, is that iron sharpens iron, and we can't see our own blind spot. We need the assistance of one another. Number two is we are called upon to participate, to grow, and to assist others in growing. We are called to participate in the growing up process as well as to assist others in growing up. You help me to grow, I'm helping you to grow. There's no such thing as, well, I'm mature now and I really don't need a pastor, I don't need a church, and I don't need to read the Bible. I know the Bible, I'm a mature person now, and now I can just get involved in my own little Lone Ranger world. No, if you are mature, you realize that the maturity that God has graced you with, you are to turn around and help other people mature in other areas as well. So it's a, there's a constant engagement, there's no such thing thing is graduating from the body of Christ. And a lot of high school seniors are excited and college students that are graduating this year, they're excited about that graduation process and going on to the next world. I welcome you because I'm about to receive social security and you're about to start paying in. So uh, I applaud that. <laughs> Amen. It's a wonderful transition. <laughs> And so I encourage you in that area to stay engaged, get, keep working and pay in those social security taxes because I'm, I'm about to enjoy it thoroughly. <laughs> Amen. So I'm to participate, to grow, and you are to participate and assist others in growing. And then verse 9, I love how it reads in verse 9 here about Romans chapter 12. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Let's not be fake about this. Let's not just fake it. Just smile it until you can make it. You know, just, but be for real. Don't just pretend to love. Really love. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other and never be lazy but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. And then verse 16, live in harmony with each other. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud. Everybody say, don't be proud. Don't be too proud. Don't be too proud. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Now, I grew up in a culture that almost that took that to the other extreme, and everything was, everything was based on humility. And it came across very much, and many times it was just a, really a, a false humility. So we're not to think too highly of ourselves, but we are to be humble, but it doesn't mean that you're, you're, that you're a nobody. You are very special in the kingdom of God. You're the apple of God's eye. He loves you. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die at Calvary's cross for you. So you and, and he paid the ultimate price for your eternal life. So you are, you are of great worth and you are of great value. But in that great worth and in that great value, don't think that you are more highly than my worth or my value or someone else's worth or someone else's value. Don't think more highly than you ought to think. Don't be proud, but be humble, but live in harmony, in harmony with each other. You know what harmony is when you hear it, and you also know what harmony isn't when you hear it. It's when I sing along with Nathan. That's not harmony. That's noise. That's noise. 
But when the other vocalists are singing along, singing together, as you experienced this morning, that's harmony. That's how we are to live with one another. Living with one another in harmony. And don't be too, impra- don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. You're not too good for me, and I'm not too good for you, and you're not too good for anybody else. You're God's children, created in his likeness and his image. So get over yourself and get a right mindset and put yourself in the proper perspective, a a, a healthy way of thinking, and learn to live in harmony with one another. Do all that you can, in verse 18. Do all you can to live in peace with everyone. That is transformational thinking. That is transformational thinking. Doing all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Just as the human body, my body would be severely handicapped if I was missing my eye or my hand or my foot. You name any part, if it's missing, I would miss it severely. Likewise, the body of Christ is handicapped if grace gifts are missing. If someone decides that, you know what, I'm going to go it alone. I don't want to experience being sharpened. I don't want that friction of being sharpened. I'm just going to pull aside and I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to go it alone. That's not what God is looking for. Anyone can do that. It's the easiest thing in the world is to go it alone. Just isolate yourself but it's not good for the body, and ultimately it's not even good for you. But it's not good, and it's not God's intention. So just as the body's at disadvantage without an eye or a foot, so the local community is handicapped when certain gifts are not being exercised. I want to close out today by just sharing with you Romans, uh, excuse me, uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. You may be familiar with this. When we're talking about a certain way of thinking to have a particular mindset if you are familiar with this it'll be good for you to hear it again if you're not familiar with it I encourage you to become familiar with it because it's just a great verse to uh, it's an anchor verse when I'm going through this process, okay, what am I supposed to be thinking on? When I catch myself thinking something I should not be thinking, having a, having a mindset that I shouldn't be having, an attitude that I shouldn't be having, I'm, you know, I'm experiencing pride or whatever may be going on. Uh, so let's just go ahead and read this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thought. Let me say a final thought. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. It's good to have that a familiarity with this particular instruction from Philippians 4 and verse 8. You fix your thoughts. You do it. You know when you're not thinking on things that are true. You know when you're not thinking honorable thoughts. You know when you're not thinking right and pure thoughts and lovely thoughts. 
You know when your thoughts are not admirable of other people in the body of Christ. Not only in the body of Christ, but you know when your thoughts aren't true, right, and admirable of people in positions of authority over us who we are called upon to be praying for. So keep putting into practice all that you learn and develop, develop a certain mindset. It's called the mind of Christ. Everyone say the mind of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for the gift of the love of God that's been deposited within our hearts, within our minds. And I thank you, Lord God, for challenging us today to develop a certain mindset, one that is good, pure, lovely, honorable, praiseworthy, thinking on those things that are true. Lord God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for reminding us today that in order to develop this right way of thinking, that we need one another. We need our blind spots pointed out to us. We can't see them. That's why they're called blind spots, and others can't see their blind spots. But Lord, even that is to be done in love and grace and prayerfully, not haughtily. I thank you, Lord, for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the love of God, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, converging upon our hearts and our minds and bringing about a cleansing and a renewal and a brand new perspective because we are thinking with a right mindset. We're thinking God, we're thinking love, we're thinking peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we're thinking the best in one another. Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you for challenging us to, to grow and to appreciate one another. In Jesus' name. And all the people said, amen, amen, and amen. You may stand up. If you're here this morning or perhaps you're watching online and you never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know, uh, the word repent means to change your mind. Perhaps you thought, well, I don't need Christ as my Savior. You know, that's, that's, that's a crutch for weak people. Uh, well, you can call it a crutch for weak people if you want, but, you know, you need the crutch. You need Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We all do. So just invite him into your heart. Change your mind. From uh, thinking I don't need that to, yeah, I think I do need that. I think I will receive him as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to stop doing it my way and start living life his way. So let's just make that commitment right now. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you this morning that I have the freedom, I have the ability, and I have the will to change my mind. So today, I decide to invite Jesus into my heart. As my Savior, the forgiver of my sin, I thank you, Father, for the love of God, for receiving me this day. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Well, praise God. If you prayed that for your first time, you're here, you're watching online, do let us know. Again, remember, Kate would love to meet with you by, back by our Connection Center, which is to your left as you're leaving the auditorium. Enjoy some coffee in the, in the lobby area. And we just uh, so glad that you're here. Enjoy the rest of the day. And we will see you next fall. See, today it's really, really hot out, and next week it's going to be normal weather. So anyway, we'll see you next weekend. God bless you. We love you, and have a great day.